0: Log Talk Radio.
1: It's
2: time
3: for the Get Ready Show!
4: Pro wrestling talk, and that's the
2: bottom line. Because Stone Cold
0: Connection. This
2: right here is the future of wrestling, and it begins.
3: Ken Reedy show the best in pro wrestling talk we got a lot to talk about 347-838-9815 8, 8, 8, that is the number two call if you want to talk about wrestling we got a lot to get to tonight we got raw tonight we're going to get you set up for raw as well as recapping everything that happened last night at extreme rules like I said, gave us gave you the number 3478389815. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We got a show chat going on there right now. And go, go get your friends. We're so close. You guys brought it last week and we got a bunch of new likes. We're at 392 likes. Just a mere eight likes away from 400. So go out there. Call your friends. Tell them to head over to the Ken Reedy Show. That's Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Like it. Get involved in the show chat right there. And later on, we're going to have a raw chat going over there on the Facebook page. So be sure to check that out. Check us out on Twitter. Handle is at The Ken Reedy Show. And you can go to, over to our website. Our website is TheKenReedyShow.com. We got blogs. We got all sorts of stuff over there at the website. So check out TheKenReedyShow.com. Glad to have you aboard this wonderful Cinco de Mayo, happy Cinco de Mayo to all, hope you're all having a good time, hope everyone's going out and uh, getting tacos and cervezas to celebrate this evening right before uh, Monday Night Raw, so have a cerveza while you listen to the Ken Reedy show this evening with so much talk about, couldn't do it alone, got my tag team partner on the line, Dave is here tonight, Dave how are you doing this Cinco de Mayo evening?
4: Well, I'm certainly not, you know, uh, enjoying a cerveza and tacos. I'm having a a nice London broil steak just off the grill cooked by my girlfriend. But I am enjoying this wonderful Cinco
3: de Mayo. Very excited. And we got so much to talk about. And it's it's amazing when you look at everything that happened last night. And before I get into everything, I got to give a shout out to – Anthony and Jazz, who, who, who hooked us up with some tickets, uh, our producer, Michelle, and myself were able to go to uh, Extreme Rules live uh, yesterday, so thank you so much, had a great time being there live, and thank you to everyone who came by and hung out for a bit at the, the Ken Reedy Show tailgate, the extreme tailgate, if you will, it was, it was an interesting day, it was, it was sunny, it was cloudy, it was windy then it was pouring then there was a rainbow and it was sunny and then it was just it was an odd day but we had fun we grilled we drank we talked wrestling it was a good time but you know amazing stuff going on i mean you have like this this creepy child showing up last night and and who knows who this kid is uh confronting john cena wyatts now bringing children into the fold into the family what does it all mean We have the Shield and Evolution in a knockdown, drag-out fight, going all over the arena, climbing upstairs. Unbelievable matchup, extreme, extreme matchup, if you will. A main event championship on the line. We have a flaming table. Kane goes through a flaming table. Unbelievable moment. In extreme rules, not to mention over the course of the night, we have a brand new intercontinental championship, and with all this being said, the one thing that I really am itching to talk about is the incredible, the unbelievable, the stupendous opening match, WLC blew the doors off the place. What did you think of the LC match, Dave?
4: Well, you know, you sat in the arena. I watched it at home on the WWE Network for $9.99 a month, mind you, with a six-month <laughs> Um And I, I, I thought <laughs> you're welcome, Vince McMahon. I thought it was a pretty fun match. I mean, they really utilized the the the, the, the little person factor um, for those that you know were in attendance live. I don't know if you could see, but there were little people that were commentators. They had Jerry the King, Smaller, Micro Cole, and uh, JBL. And they had all three little guys with a little announce table. They had a little referee and a little ring announcer, but they used the you know, the, the tables, the ladders and the chairs really well. They got three M B involved and Los Matadores. and I just thought it was a fun match. I you know, a northeast crowd, especially like New Jersey, has been known in the past to uh to to, to really let the let the, you know, the wrestlers know how they feel about the performance in the ring and not in a good way. But they were you know, you were there in attendance, there was a pretty live crowd for that match. You know, Hornswoggle and El Torito Give it up to them for, for putting out a hell of a performance
3: Yeah, I was, I was surprised I, I gotta be honest I mean, we were out tailgating And, and I actually, you know, my attitude was I, I don't really care if we get in for the opening match um, I was not enthralled by the idea But, uh, you know, not to I mean, it is what it is uh, The only gripe I have for um, You know, the matchup is being there live Honestly, it was difficult to see some of it because they're little. Um, but I did think so. There were a couple times, like when I go to live events, um, I try to watch the match, like the action in-ring. I try not to watch the screen. Um, but in that match, I kind of had to, uh, you know, jump over and look at the screen a couple times to, to see what was going on. Um, but it was. It was a really entertaining matchup. I was really pleasantly surprised. The crowd really got into it. And, uh, you know, I thought they utilized both, uh, you know, the, the, both factions well to, to mix them into the match. Uh, some entertaining spots and, uh, you know, the, the stepladders and the small announce table and everything. So I, live, it was definitely entertaining. I'm curious, Dave, because, and it's kind of cool that we can talk about this tonight and kind of go back and forth. Um, on how things translated live in the arena, as opposed to how it looked like on television, I was not privy to hear any of the commentating. I'm curious, uh, comparatively speaking, with with the little people commentating versus uh, the everyday commentators, uh, what were your thoughts? It was, it was an entertaining uh, portion of the show, as far as the commentating goes. You know, past few weeks when uh, Torito
4: and Hornswoggle have gotten involved. Uh, you know, on on television, Michael Cole, JBL, and you know Lawler, to a certain extent, they've cracked jokes and they have, you know, sarcastically made mention that this is the greatest match of all time. And you know, we have been publicly, you know, uh, you know, we publicly bashed it on the show at, at one point for the past few weeks. But um, the, the little people commentators were actually pretty funny and pretty entertaining. Um, they were kind of jabbing back and forth with you know the real Michael Cole and the real Jerry Lawler and JBL, but. For the most part, they, they anchored the shift um, when it came to the commentating. At one point, JBL even said it best. He, said, uh, he, goes, he goes, these guys are great. Their commentating is better than ours. And uh, <laughs> the, the little people, you know, um, the little JBL it had a hokey, like, you know, Southern accent, uh, talking to Michael Cole about conspiracies. And um, I think uh, the, the little Jerry Lawler at one point had a Jim Ross reference with the Slobberknocker. Uh, so I mean, it was it was entertaining. It was fun, and it didn't. Sometimes you, I mean, we we talked about it on the show before. Sometimes with the commentary, if you have more than just the regular three announcers, if you have four or five people, they end up talking over each other. That wasn't the case. Michael Cole, Waller, and King they they jumped in when it was needed, but they they kind of stepped back and let the little people do it. I thought it was pretty funny.
3: Awesome. So I mean, you know, I guess it was one of those things where you know. It's funny with wrestling. Like sometimes it's better to have low expectations than to exceed it, as opposed to really, uh, you know, selling a match beforehand and then it doesn't deliver. So I was pleasantly surprised, and it definitely. I guess what what the job was of that match was to get the crowd kind of amped, and it got the crowd uh, in a happy mood and in an excited mood, and it definitely set the tone uh, to get the pay per view underway. I, I think, Dave, you know, I'm curious uh, your, your thoughts on, on overall, just the feel of it. I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I wouldn't say they knocked it out of the park, so to speak, but I thought it was very good. I had a really good time being there. Uh, the crowd was into it. I don't know if I'd say any of the matches were clunkers, per se. I thought every match was at least good. Um, and, and one of the things that, that kind of struck me with this pay-per-view leading into the pay-per-view as well as the pay-per-view itself, is, you know, in years past, we have talked about it on the show about the WrestleMania hangover, and how, you know, WrestleMania will come and go, and then it seems like they just drop the ball, and, and storylines uh, don't work, and, and they, you know, they, it's not the best writing afterwards, and, you know, some criticism over the years has been, you know, it seems like WWE just cares about WrestleMania, and they kind of let the, the rest of the year kind of flounder about. I thought that from WrestleMania to this pay-per-view was fun. I've enjoyed Raw most weeks. I thought the pay-per-view was fun. And now coming out of the pay-per-view, I'm kind of excited to see where storylines are going from now. So all in all, I mean, I don't know if I'd give it an A, but if I was grading it, I'd I'd probably give it a solid B. I thought it was a very entertaining pay-per-view.
4: I thought it was, too. The, The live crowd was really into it. You were there, so you can, you know, elaborate more. But it translated well on television um there w- there wasn't a bad match on the card in my opinion, and it seemed like you know, every every match the crowd was really into it in um, the match itself, the match quality was good um you know between the intercontinental title match the the, the opening triple threat match um, you felt. In, at least in my opinion, I felt like a sense of change. Like, And we've talked about it since WrestleMania. I can say it till I'm blue in the face. We can hashtag it and get it trending. But the changing of the guard. And I really felt that more than ever on this pay-per-view, um, you know, especially where matches were placed, the placement on the card. Um, you, had a, you had a good opener, um, the, the, the the solid storytelling with Cena and Wyatt, and then, of course, the main event with Daniel Bryan at the end. Like, I thought everything was placed really well. Just a fun show overall. I'll go one better. I'll give it a B plus. I, I didn't have any great expectations for it, but I thought it was a really fun show and uh,
3: one that you know
4: you could probably go back and you don't have the network and you want to get the DVD. Buy the because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with just about every match on the card.
3: It definitely was a very entertaining pay per view. I had a lot of fun being there, and and it was exciting. Um, and like I said, I, I just, I'm not feeling that WrestleMania hangover, which is, which is great. And, you know, when you look at the WWE, which is pretty incredible how they've come out of, you know, they debuted the network, they had a, a kick-ass WrestleMania, uh, now they, they have another a solid run between WrestleMania and the next pay-per-view and another solid pay-per-view, uh, WWE is, you know, they're, they're firing all cylinders right now, uh, the, you know, everything is working, um. It's it's pretty incredible to watch. And one of the most intriguing storylines going right now, and as you said, Dave, you know, the changing of the guard. And, you know, John Cena, for better or worse, or whatever anyone wants to say about him, you know, we don't hate on him here. Um, But he's doing a lot right now to put over a Bray Wyatt. And uh, Bray Wyatt, more and more as you see, Uh, his character unfold, Uh, you see the promos he's cutting, you see his in-ring work, Um, definitely a guy that you're thinking right now, and things can always change, but you're thinking right now, this guy's got quite a future, a long-term future, Um, you know, sky's the limit where this guy can go, and, you know, win or loss, uh, regardless with this guy, just being in a program... With Cena is continuing To elevate this man's uh, Credibility, it's continuing to elevate His career um, You know, it's just a good spot For Wyatt to to be in um, The match last night It was an okay Match, it was one of those matches Honestly, where I, I think the WWE has gotten to a good Spot with reconciling with The PG product and uh, They're able to kind of Keep it Violent uh, within reason and keep their PG rating um, This was one match that with it being a cult leader, so to speak uh, Questioning one man's uh, legacy and integrity um, Trying to break him down as a man uh, This was a match, you know, if, if, if being in the cage I think a little bit of blood really would have helped the intensity here, really would have helped the feel of the match. Like I said, I thought the match in and of itself was mediocre. Throw a little blood into the mix, and all of a sudden it amps up the intensity. Maybe I'm just a a cold-hearted, evil sociopath that wants to see blood. But I'm just thinking, as a wrestling fan, I think it would have added a bit to the match. That being said... As these two individuals And it's two individuals It takes two to tango It is John Cena and Bray Wyatt They're continuing to tell a phenomenal story And as much as I Will say that I thought the match was Mediocre Somewhat underwhelming The end was really cool Uh, To have a kid there With just a Creepy effect on his voice Uh, What they're doing now with you know it's not just everybody else, it's not just the adults and everything. It is the children the children now have officially turned their back on john Cena uh this storyline continues to have legs. I am curious to see where they're gonna go with it tonight i don't want I honestly am getting to a point with this program. I don't want there to be a blow off match like i I want it to continue i want to see this continue. I know eventually it's going to have to end, and they're both going to have to go off in, in different directions. But I am so enjoying this storyline. I am really glad that last night was not the blow-off match, that there's definitely going to be a continuation of this storyline. Uh, I'm just I'm thoroughly enjoying the storytelling. So, so Dave, for my money last night, mediocre match, very interesting ending, still for me, the most intriguing storyline in the WWE right now. And you get to keep your money because I agree with you. <laughs> um,
4: it, was, it was a very mediocre match. Um, what I noticed about the match more than anything, there were was, was little things that, that got my attention. First of all, we've seen steel cage matches before where they always say that you know it's, it, the cage is designed to keep guys out or, you know, to keep guys from getting in, not guys coming out and they used it pretty well in terms of the why it's trying to get involved because you know there's always a way that they're gonna weasel way around it to to get past that stipulation so they can come up with an intriguing end to the to the match. Um so I thought it was interesting how they got, you know, Harper and Rowan involved. What else was interesting from a viewer's perspective at home, something that you pro- you know, you obviously didn't get to experience was, you know, during Wyatt's entrance, they showed a lot of the people with the cell phones, and, it's, and, and the cell phones were kind of rocking from side to side, going along with the, with the, the sound of his theme music. And the commentators were really um, putting forth a great effort in talking about the, the, the growing popularity of Bray Wyatt. They've gone to great lengths to even say that the that members of John Cena's T-Nation have turned their backs on him, and have joined, you know, have, are literally following the buzzers. At one point, at the end of the match, after the finish with the child with the, with the spot at the end, um, JBL said, you know, he, he, he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, this message is getting out, people are listening, um, you know, it's time to follow the buzzers. And uh, you know, it seems like more and more as the days go on and as the weeks go on with Bray Wyatt that they're they're really starting to embrace the eventual turn when he becomes a baby face, when when they officially, like, endorse him as a hero, um, you know, for his character. And that's what I found to be interesting. And there was, I don't see a John Cena heel turn, but um, Bray Wyatt and what he's been doing last week, that stuff with the kids, and any time you get kids involved into a heavy storyline that involves, you know, like um, emotional thoughts and cult-like uh, aspects to it, it gets pretty heavy and pretty deep, and he's definitely touched a nerve, and it's gotten a lot of people's attention, whether it's good or bad. But it's gotten a lot of people's attention, and he's he's definitely moving onwards and upwards, regardless of whether he takes the final pinfall or he gets the pinfall in that feud with John Cena. Yeah,
3: and it's funny because I, you know, it, what I find interesting about you know wrestling and, and people who talk wrestling, like when when i was when i was younger and first started learning like the terms um you know I, I when i first learned the term getting over or putting someone over it was never in the context of a, a single match it it was when someone helped to you know someone was putting someone over it was helping their character uh maintain relevance uh, elevate the character uh you know, make them a, a bigger star than than maybe they already are. And that, that was like how I, I always took the term "putting someone over." It never, for me, it never resonated as like a, a win or loss. Now I know it kind of means putting someone over in, in the match context is is you know the person winning. Um, but in a broader sense, you know, John Cena is putting Wyatt over, and I agree with you. It doesn't matter who who winds up taking that final pin uh John Cena is is putting that character over he's putting Bray Wyatt over in the larger sense. Uh this is something, you know, I am really enjoying and and you know, look, he's John Cena and he's still going to be the top guy as far as the corporate goes. And there's there's a reason for it. Um but he's doing a lot to to put a young star um in a in an, in a great position uh to move forward and and you know, it's admirable to watch how this this unfolds. I, I just, I'm I'm so intrigued when you think of outside the ring and just you know John Cena and what he means to the WWE, uh, being the top guy, Bray Wyatt being a younger guy, uh, being a second generation guy, and then the stuff you're seeing on screen and then the stuff you're seeing at a Bray Wyatt's promo work. It's you know, and and it just, as soon as the match ended, Dave, it got me excited for Monday Night Raw. Where exactly are they going to go tonight? Is, you know, is it going to be another children's choir? Is he going to have a slew of a hundred children? Is it just going to be centered around this child? What is the significance of this child? Um, there's just so many layers to this storyline. I There's not enough positive I can say about it.
4: Got everybody's attention. It's like it's something it's something different in what a lot of wrestling fans call APG era of WWE, um, and I totally agree with you in the sense that you know he is putting Cena is putting wide over. I mean, we've talked about Super Cena and the, and that term, and I hate using that term because I think every every top guy in WWE and in the businesses had somewhat of a um, I don't know invincible kind of. Um, characteristic to their character where they can just kind of get put through anything and still come out on top. But Dina in the past has been, you know, uh, criticized for not, I, I, not, I wouldn't say putting over talent, but not being, um, I don't know, not, not, I, can't, I can't really find the word, but there'd be times where he doesn't sell for certain talent. Like, right, for instance, when the Nexus, had the seven-on-seven with John Cena's team at SummerSlam a few years back, and he took that DDT on cold concrete floor, and then he kicked out of the two count. And people thought, well, that's just John Cena, no-selling. And then even at times when Cena would no-sell for characters and promos, Cena hasn't done that with, with Bray Wyatt. I mean, I said it before for WrestleMania. He went out on TV and said, I'm afraid of Bray Wyatt. I'm afraid of what this guy is capable of and what he can do. That, to me, from a guy of his stature like John Cena, with all the accolades he's had in his career in the WWE, that should say something about Bray Wyatt and what his future holds as a character for WWE. And I personally think, I said last week, this may be bold for me to say, but he's got an Undertaker-like cult following that Undertaker had when he first started getting popular in WWE. And I just find it interesting that Undertaker's streak had ended, and now Bray Wyatt is coming up and ascending and rising uh, up the ranks of WWE. I, I just find it very interesting, the timing of all
0: that.
3: I, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, he, he's just an interesting character. And, you know, he's the first guy that I, I've seen in a long time that right off the bat, I'm thinking, I'm starting to think all-time great. Now, I know it, it, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it just... it. The promos are like, wow, you know, these are promos that I'd, I'd put up against, you know, anybody else. Now, again, it's a small sampling, so I can't put him in that upper echelon uh, just yet. But, you know, his, his promo work is astounding. And, you know, it does, as a wrestling fan, it does get me excited. Like, where, where is the future for this guy? You know, where do they go with him? How does this character evolve? When they turn, baby, when they turn him babyface, you know what? How do they do it? Does the family turn on him? Does he go out on his own? Does the whole family go babyface? Uh, you know, how far can Bray Wyatt go? Does, does Bray Wyatt get that run with the championship? There's just, there's so many things surrounding him, and and for me, you know, I haven't been, you know, we were big on on Dolph Ziggler. You know, we've been big on some... We're, we're really high on uh, Roman Reigns from the get-go, but I'll tell you, man, like Bray Wyatt, I'm just... I'm really excited to see, you know, where this guy can go, and and, and I'm excited to see where this program's going to go, and, and consequently, for the first time probably in a long time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where Cena's going and where that character is going to go. You know, it's the first time in a long time that... You know, may, you're starting to think, could there possibly be a, a Cena heel turn? Um, again, I think for the both of us, we're not going to bet money on it. And you know what? We're not going to beat a dead horse on analyzing, like, a potential Cena heel turn. Um, but it's got you thinking about that. You know, where does the Cena character go from here? Where does he go coming out of the program with, with Bray Wyatt? I mean, it just... It's so intriguing. It's so different, and from week to week, it's for me right now. It's probably the most exciting thing on Raw uh, as far as uh, intrigue and suspense. Because every week, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, figure out where exactly they're, they're going to go with this storyline, and then consequently, after it's over, where does each guy go? Um, you know, if there's a potential Cena heel turn, does Cena join the Wyatt's? Uh, if not, where do these guys go after the fact? Does Cena get back into the championship picture? Does Bray Wyatt put himself into the championship picture? Um, it's, it's just a very intriguing storyline. Um, I don't know. I mean, and I'm curious your thoughts, Dave, because it is a, a ways away. But I am finding this storyline so fascinating and so interesting. I mean, can they, can they draw this out? Can they do it till SummerSlam? Could they, The big blow-off match between Wyatt and Cena last that long, or is it just too far away and we're looking at one of the next couple of pay-per-views where we finally see the blow-off match between these two?
4: I think it's too far away right now um, to to think that this could go till SummerSlam. Um, I mean, they they surprise us every week with how, with with what they pull out of the hat when it comes to the, the, the many layers of this Bray Wyatt character and his interaction with John Cena. So, um, I mean, it has potential to get that far, but I, I can't really put a you know put my finger on it and say that it's going to go on till Summerslam. I think if you add other people into the storyline and not just Cena and the entire Wyatt family, then yeah, maybe it's got a little more longevity. Um, I mean, we do if you do remember at the beginning of this year, Daniel Bryan joined the Wyatt family for a short period of time to infiltrate them. You know, maybe we could see Daniel Bryan. Um, involvement with, with Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, a lot of people have speculated, you know, behind the scenes as well as, you know, on television, was the Wyatt family sent out by the authority to take out Daniel Bryan? They could always tie that into the authority angle. But I think I don't think they're going to go that route anymore. I think that they have a clear-cut view of where they want Bray Wyatt, and it's eventually going to be as, as a baby face. So... It's kind of it's hard to really put your finger on it and say where he's going to go, where the two of them are going to go. But I will say this as far as John Cena goes. This is just proof to me, and for all the John Cena haters out there that are listening, um, you know you might like what I'm, what I'm having to say. But if you remember, you know, last year he won the title at WrestleMania It's Being the Rock. He's involved in a few storylines of Ryback, but for the most part, in the spring of 2013, all the way up until the spring of 2014, we've seen the ascension of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan has been the focal point of WWE television. John Cena's had an important role, but he's not all over the camera like Bryan has been. I think this is just a, this storyline with Wyatt. It's been good, and I think we won't see John Cena fade into obscurity. But I think we'll see John Cena take a more limited role after this um not necessarily you know uh him take, you know going away but he's not going to be it's, it's continuing that at least in my opinion that these younger guys are getting the spotlight and now guys like Cena and Orton and those other names that people you know crap on and hate on are taking a back seat to the to the to the new stars of WWE
3: and i agree with you and we both you know we were ahead of the games just Remember when you're listening to the show This is the place, the best in pro wrestling talk Because we said it When John Cena won the title That we both thought That they were moving in the direction That Cena was slowly Probably not being phased out But his role was going to be diminished a bit And we both were in agreement That maybe not the last But that was going to be One of the last runs uh, For John Cena with the championship belt And you know, right now, where we stand now in 2014, uh, you know, you start to wonder, will we ever see another championship run from John Cena? But this is definitely, you know, you know, maybe it's a little extreme, but Cena's kind of on the back nine of his career. It's time for these younger guys to uh, take over. John Cena's done an amazing job, and he's been great being the, the focal point of the company. Um, but I, I'm foreseeing, and I totally agree with you, Dave, that his, his role is going to, continue to shrink over time. Should be interesting to see how everything unfolds here. 347 You guys have been real patient on hold. We're going to get to you soon, but right now we've got to go. It's time for the news. You only hear it here. It's time for the Day 5 5050 News Report. Thank you very
4: much. Like you said, you only hear it here every single Monday night at the top of the hour on the Ken Reedy Show. And this is the Day 5 News Report. Our top story. This week, reports coming out of Extreme Rules last night suggest that WWE superstar Batista might be sticking around till after the WWE payback pay-per-view instead of leaving to promote his upcoming summer blockbuster, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's being speculated, however, that WWE officials, including Chairman Vince McMahon himself, reportedly were trying to ask Batista and convince him to stick around a little longer after the animal reportedly turned down a match with Daniel Bryan at Payback next month. It's being reported that Batista, as well as other talents, are currently unhappy on the financial front. Since pay-per-view buy rates have dropped with the launch of the WWE Network, pay-per-view bonuses were big bucks for talent appearing on those events. And with no explanation being provided for compensation, Some talent, including Batista, are reportedly very unhappy, and WWE officials are also unhappy with the animal. In relation to that story, our second story, word in WWE, is that depending on Batista's decision to stay, WWE officials are strongly considering doing a Kane-Daniel bryan buried Alive match at Payback. The reason behind the closing moments of last night's event, with Kane rising up after the clean pinfall, was used as an excuse if Daniel Bryan versus Batista does not occur. In the land of TNA, despite all the negative press regarding a revolving door of talent, a bright spot and former X Division TNA original may be close to signing a new deal with the promotion. Low-key, otherwise known as Caval from the WWE and Ring of Honor, worked a one-night-only event recently, and he also looks to be close to signing a new contract. Reports indicate the contract will consist of low-key working as a wrestler in the X-Division, as well as an agent for X-Division matches. Rumor has it, UTNA superstar MVP was a big supporter and proponent of low-key coming back to the promotion. Global Force Wrestling, the new promotion, operated and owned by former TNA founder Jeff Jarrett, issued a press release this week announcing a future partnership with AAA in Mexico. The deal consists of both promotions exchanging talent to use for their respective promotions. The Jarretts are no stranger to AAA in Mexican wrestling as Jeff Jarrett once brokered a deal between AAA and TNA for exchanging talent during his tenure. Running the company, and our fifth and final story this evening. Speaking of TNA, former TNA Grand Slam champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles, won the IWGP Heavyweight Title at a New Japan Pro Wrestling Internet Pay Per View. And now, excuse me if I can't pronounce this. Is Mike Fokoka? Fokoka? <laughs> I, I apologize. I, I, I know it, it. I'm drawing a fine line here with how this is. Be pronounced. Japan this past weekend defeating and excuse me if I butcher your name too Katsuchika Okada. Styles is the first American wrestler to win the IWGP heavyweight title since Paul Heyman's client, Brock Lesnar, who ended the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania thirty, won that particular championship back in two thousand and five. And there you have it. That was the day five news report only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken,
3: back to you. Good stuff. Yeah, it's obvious that the AJ Styles leaving TNA is totally a work. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to AJ Styles. Um, you know, one of the things we wanted to get to, we're going to get to your calls in just a moment, but we, we, you know, we, we, we cut it from last week's show. We're going to start a new segment here on the show. What are you watching on the WWE Network this week? And uh, you know, right now on the Facebook page, facebook. dot com slash the Ken Reidy Show, we got uh, show chat going on right now. We'd love for you to jot down there what you're watching because we're just enthralled. We're in love with the network, and uh, you know, so many things to watch. It's funny, Dave, because I've kind of hinted at this, but it's the WWE Network can help get you in shape because this. What I do when I when I'm doing cardio at the gym, I'll pull up like an event or something. Um, on the network, but my rule now when I'm doing cardio is if the, the, like I usually do 40 minutes. If the 40 minutes ends and I'm in the middle of a match, I have to keep going. I'm only allowed to <laughs> stop doing cardio once they stop wrestling. So I wind up doing extra cardio. The network is helping to get me in better shape. There's no limits to how great this network is. But over the course of this week, you know, so many things uh, I've been hitting uh, on the network. And, you know, my favorite show maybe on all of quote-unquote television right now is The Legends House. And I know you're watching that too, Dave. Flock of flamingos. Flock of flamingos. Flock of flamingos. Tremendous. Just, I, not enough great things to say about Legends House, Dave.
4: Oh, I think it's hilarious. Mean and Gene steals it for me. I mean, Pat Patterson's funny. They're all great. Um, it's just a fun show to watch. I can't. I can't explain. I and you know what I think about too. Like I think about you know the 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 interaction that these guys have, and hopefully the success of this show will 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 garner WWE to do uh, a second season. The rumor was the second season. If they're going to do it, they want Hulk Hogan involved. So I can just imagine some of the other names that you put in that house, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's there
3: might not be a house left. Uh, it's just a fun show to watch. It's tremendous, and it, you know everyone's got a you know such a unique character, and putting them all you know in under the same roof. Uh, I I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. But everything out there, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, over the week since I've had it, you know, I've I've watched uh, uh you know bits and pieces of a couple of WrestleManias. Um, I love the WrestleMania Rewind show. I've caught a couple of those, uh, but specifically this week, um. I love the fact that they they do post a lot of the documentaries on there, and uh, I caught the Edge documentary, which was uh, tremendous. I really enjoyed it. And one of the things I enjoyed watching the Edge documentary, it, it's he had a an amazing career, and I knew that, but it's like watching the documentary, you forget like what a tremendous career he had, and very few guys had that that you know upper echelon stature of being a a tag team specialist and a singles, uh, special. I mean, he was a star, a bonafide over the top star in, in both categories. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that is not readily spoken of when you talk about all time greats. Um, but really, you know, watching the documentary and a very interesting guy and, uh, Perhaps a, a very underrated career, but I really enjoyed watching that documentary.
4: Yeah, I, I um, I didn't watch it on the network. I do own it on DVD. I'm a big collector of the documentaries. I love the documentaries that WWE puts out. I think they do a tremendous job, and the Edge one, uh, you know, no exception. It's a great. It's a, it's a great documentary. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's. I think you're right. Very underrated career, um, and what he did not only you know in tag team and singles, but to me, like you know you and I come from a similar era of when we started watching wrestling, you know, pretty much during the Hulk Hogan era and, you know, tag team wrestling was a very important part of that era with, with names like the rockers and the heart foundation and demolition, and the killer bees and the Rougeos And, you know, we could go on and on about the amount of tag teams. And that seemed to kind of fade as the, the late eighties and early nineties, you know, set in, but you know, edge was a, was at the forefront along with Christian, the Hardys, the Dudleys, a part of a tag team era in WWE and in wrestling at that time. That, that is is one of a kind. I mean, the stuff they did in those TLC matches, you won't ever see stuff like that again. You may see some people come close to it, but you'll never see the things that those guys did in, in those matches. I and mean, he gets he should get a lot of credit for it. And of great of course, his great singles run that he had, the things that he did
3: during those times. It's just. It's an
4: awesome documentary and a very underrated career, in my opinion.
3: Very much so. What anything you like sticks out for you this week that you caught on the network?
4: I watched the uh, the you know you mentioned the WrestleMania Rewind show earlier, and uh, I, I've gotten into that. You know, being being a sports fan like uh, like like you and I are, you know, I love the fact that they have Gary Thorne, former hockey announcer, former Mets announcer. I believe he works for the he does uh, baseball for the Orioles. I'm their local television affiliate now from, uh, for, for the Baltimore He's got such a great voice for his narrations of, uh, you know, the, the WrestleMania Rewind shows. I think it just adds some more credibility to those shows. I watched the one with Big Show and Floyd Mayweather, and uh, I, I went to that WrestleMania, and,
1: you know, Mayweather
4: going into that was supposed to be the babyface. It was supposed to be, uh, it, it, on the show, Big Show announced that it was supposed to be him and Mayweather as a tag team. Facing Mysterio and Batista, it was supposed to be a big tag team match, but uh, Mysterio tore his tricep, and they kind of went a different route. And they, they talked about you know the the night that Mayweather broke Big Show's nose. He wasn't really that wasn't really supposed to happen, and the drama behind that, and then the build up towards it. And you know I'll say this, you know Big Show he's a reliable guy in the ring, and definitely can hold up his end. And I could see why they put him in there with Mayweather. And Mayweather, to his credit. You know, hell of an entertainer. He's a, he's a he's a great boxer. He could fit well in WWE. He had a pretty good match, and they camouflaged that match a lot with you know Mayweather's group, his handlers that he had there. But he did a great job himself hyping that match. He's the king of his own pay per views. I mean he sells he sells the shit out of his pay per views. Excuse my language, but I just thought the WrestleMania rewind. I love the backstage stories behind the match and how the match became and leading up to it. And then you know they showed the match itself. It was a good episode. And, I, I remember it fondly. I remember being in that stadium um, when uh, you know Mayweather had money coming out, you know, through like, like confetti machine or whatever, and it was all fake dollar bills. I was kind of disappointed, but the heat huh. that he drew—I mean, that whole that whole stadium was was totally again totally on Big Show's side. And the rumor was that Mayweather and Big Show were supposed to be a team. I find that pretty interesting that they that they had to switch things up because of Mysterio's injury. but great show overall and I, I look forward to many more they have Randy Savage and uh Ted DiBiase coming up this uh, tomorrow night on the on the network for the Wrestlemania 4 main event
3: yeah I got to catch more of those I mean I've only caught a couple of the Wrestlemania Rewind but uh it's definitely a really great show so uh, yeah that's what we caught on the network this week so every week we'll uh we'll share with you our, our thoughts on on the network programming but uh not enough positive things to say about the network. I just—it's a wrestling man, a uh, wrestling fan's dream. Um, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Go over to the Facebook page and get on the uh, the thread. Let us know what you're watching. But you know what? It's time for you guys, and a lot of you have been real patient hanging out there on the phones. And we're going to go out there. If you want to talk extreme rules, hit us up with any of those matches. What you're watching on the network? What do you think is going to happen on Monday Night Raw? Bring it. Bring it. You guys brought it last week. We want to hear your thoughts. We're going to go out to the phones. we got Anthony on the line. Anthony, you there?
5: Hello? Hello? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Hey, how you doing, Ant? What's up, guys? How are you?
3: Doing all right. What do you got for us this
5: evening? Oh, well, I just wanted to say real quick, uh, and the person who knows, uh, we had a great time uh, hanging out with you yesterday. Got a blast, Jazz and I. So you and Michelle were great. So
4: we'd
5: like good, to Good you it guys sometime, too. Thanks.
3: And, feeling uh, is mutual. Oh, go ahead. So the feeling is mutual. We had a blast as well. It was a real. It was a great pay-per-view, uh, good time hanging out. So, uh, yeah, definitely had a good time.
5: Yeah, great day all in all. As far as uh, my thoughts on the pay-per-view as uh, as I was driving back last night, thinking about it, um, I'll, I'll give you a positive and a negative. The positive was, I thought, as far as it being extreme rules, I thought they did get somewhat extreme i mean it wasn't old school ecw but you know sometimes extreme rolls i'm like yeah this is not very extreme you know i was kind of hoping uh the uh chair shot in the parking lot in the uh poor grill that took a couple of the worst <laughs> elbows i've ever seen in my life uh, wasn't the most extreme thing we were going to see on my <laughs> so i thought that was positive you know uh you know rollins you know jumping off the railing uh, you know kane and daniel Bryan in the back with the uh Uh, which, uh, what do you call it, the forklift, which I thought he botched a little bit, but it was, you know, it was something different. It was pretty cool. Uh, But that also brings me to my negative was, and and you and I kind of discussed this yesterday, was that match uh, with Daniel Bryan and Kane, as I thought about it, it kind of bothered me because, you know, we were talking about Daniel Bryan being almost like superhuman, taking out Evolution, being all these big, huge guys, and I can't for the life of me remember one point in our match where I actually said, boy, Kane might actually win this match." Or the whole time you're sitting there, you're like, "Oh, you, Ryan's going to win it," and he—he—I he, I never even, you know, felt like he was threatened. Like maybe if he'd gone through the fiery table or something, and then you know came back, to one I thought that might have added something to it. I don't know. You guys could uh, discuss that. It, it, and one it's other a
3: good point. Okay.
5: No, one other quick one uh, was I was with the um, the kid coming out for, Cena. Uh not to change the subject, but my thought on that was maybe Wyatt is kind of saying, I can't get you to turn, so I am going to even turn. The one people who never turn on you are the kids, I'm going to turn the kids on you now.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, I mean, that might be the direction he's going, and it's a – it's a good idea, you know, if you, you're not going to turn, you know, if you're not going to turn your back on the kids, the kids are going to turn their backs on you. Um, I'm definitely curious to see, you know, if there's some significance to that specific child and uh, what Bray Wyatt is going to pull out tonight. But uh, definitely interesting storytelling.
5: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
3: Um, and I think I have someone else here who have to say hello real quick. Hold on. Hello? Hello? Hey Jazz, how you doing tonight? Good. Uh, so your dad was on. He talked a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, Extreme Rules and uh, Daniel Bryant and Kane and the Wyatt's. What was your favorite moment last night?
2: Um, my favorite moment last night would have to be when Seth Rollins um jumped off the rafters. I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh my god. <laughs>
3: Oh, was cool because we were we were pretty close to uh uh that that happening so I was like you just saw him like disappear he got up there and it was it was pretty amazing um I'm curious like what do you think you know now we have Monday Night Raw tonight you have the shield beat evolution care to predict or what you think you're gonna see tonight between evolution and the shield
0: um,
2: I'm not sure i I kind of think that I- of course, Evolution's probably going to come out and, like, be, like, really mad, be like, oh, we shouldn't have lost, and, you know, the Shield's probably going to be pretty happy, but um, I'm I'm not really sure.
3: Yeah, it remains to be seen. Jazz, thanks a lot for the call. It was great hanging out with you uh, yesterday. Hopefully we get to do it again, but uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Take care. Yeah, a couple of things Anthony had just to let you guys know, I mean, the, right, you know, love him or hate him, wrestling fans are a unique bunch, but at one point while we're tailgating, this guy comes running over to us, he's like, you know, we see like an ambulance pulling into the parking lot, and a guy comes running over, and he's like, dudes, guys, you gotta come here, you gotta come here, this guy just took a chair shot, and he's bleeding everywhere, you gotta see it, and, like, and we, we didn't go see it, but... These are the sorts of things you see tailgating at a wrestling event. It's, it's unlike any other tailgate uh, you would see anywhere. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, so that happened. And then right before we were, we were about to go in, uh, a couple of guys decided that they were going to have a handicap match. It was the three of them against their barbecue. And they proceeded to... Uh, Throw around, body slam, and drop elbows on this this poor, unsuspecting camping grill. So, you know, I yeah, maybe it was moderately entertaining, but uh, you know, it may have been better than a lot of recent impacts. But other than that, uh, so that's what Anthony was talking about uh, when he was talking about the camping grill. Um, interesting stuff. Um, you know, he I thought. Anthony brought up a really good point, and, and to your point, Dave, where you said, you know, we've, I mean, the, the term Super Cena has gotten used at, at nauseum, and it's a stupid term. Uh, guys who have been uh, at the top of the heap have, have gone through these indestructible phases, and I don't think anybody, if you're going to go out there and criticize the product and use Super Cena as your way to criticize, you don't have a leg to stand on now. Looking at what Daniel Bryan has done in two successive pay-per-views. I mean, he beats Triple H. He beats half of Evolution, and then in an extreme match, he beats the Devil's favorite demon. Okay, so you know it's it's kind of a silly criticism. Um, I kind of agree with them. I thought it was it was a good point. I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah, you there wasn't really a moment in the match. That you thought Daniel Bryant was really in danger of, of losing, um, and, and maybe it would have been a, a better moment if Daniel Bryant went through the table, uh, but then again, it goes back to that Super Bryant kind of thing you know then is it like he went through too much and he still came out victorious. I mean, I get what he's saying there was I thought it was an entertaining matchup, but he's right there was at no point in that match did I think Daniel Bryant wasn't in jeopardy of losing his championship. We'll see where this storyline goes moving forward. Entertaining matchup, but uh, your, your thoughts on what Anthony said as far as uh, Daniel Bryan never being in danger of losing?
4: Well, there's two schools of thought here that just came to mind when, when
3: Anthony brought that up, and
4: he brings up a good point. I will I will give him that. Um, and have you ever watched a movie, or, you know, I can reference, you know, Batman comics and, and, and movies and stuff like that superhero kind of movies where you you know that the bad guy is going to get the upper hand on the good guy, but you know that at the end of the day when it's all said and done, the good guy's going to walk away. Have you ever thought that for the most part for just about any kind of movie or setting like that before 10?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Oh,
4: okay. Well, I think that's the case with the Daniel Bryan and
5: Kane situation.
4: And it, it, to his to, to Anthony's credit with this with, with, with this criticism of Brian, I understand where he's coming from there. Brian now is at that moment in his career where last month you know a lot of people think he plateaued when when he won the title last month at WrestleMania after you know defeating you know all three guys of evolution in the same night and, and standing tall and victorious. He finally got it, you know like what we talked about you know eight, nine months prior after SummerSlam that he was going to get that moment. Well, now it's his time to have his dominant run as champion and to
0: prove why he
4: deserved to be that, to, 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 to be the champion. So, if, if there's a little bit of predictability in that, in that, uh, you know, uh, the storyline with Kane, then so be it. At least in my opinion, I mean, we've seen it with Hogan, we've seen it with Cena, we've seen it with Rock, we've seen it with all the big names. Where we know at the end of the day, that top guy's going to walk away the winner. You know, well, it, it, it's it's how you get there. At least in my opinion. It's still where the real storytelling is. Unless they throw a, a, a monkey in the ranch and say, you know, oh, we're going to go this way instead, then they really got us. But if that, that's just a formula that's been for over the years. I mean, how many times did... I mean, I can go back and remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin had to enter number one in the Royal Rumble and Vince McMahon had to enter number two. You thought he was going to beat the tail off of Vince McMahon. What happened? He got beat up by the entire corporation, sent to the hospital, came back and drove the ambulance into the arena and then re-entered the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, he didn't win, but we've seen instances where the guy has gone through hell and high water and still come out looking okay. Hulk Hogan, when he... And in the NWO, when they took the semi-tractor trailer into the ambulance that The Rock was in. After they hit The Rock with a ball-peen hammer, and The Rock comes <laughs> back with a Band-Aid on his rib the following week and wants revenge on Hulk Hogan. And the people still cheered Hogan, even after he did all that. Okay? So, I mean, we've seen it before. It's happened. That's just offensive of disbelief with, with most wrestling fans, but I think some people look into it too much. I think just sit back and enjoy it. Did Kane have a chance? No, he probably didn't, but We all wanted Daniel Bryan to have this run as champion. Let's not knock him down and and, and knock him down a peg because some of it's not believable.
3: Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. What'd you think of all the matches at the pay per view? Where are they going tonight and Monday night raw? Going back out to the phones and we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there?
1: Hey, what's up guys?
3: What's going on? What'd you think of Extreme Rules last night?
1: I thought it was I thought it was a good show. I thought they did a good, you know, I like the Kane Daniel Bryan match. I thought was good today. They did a lot of, you know, you know, good brawling backstage. You know, like in the, you know, they did a lot of good brawling and everything. And then, um, they, you know, the spot with the table at the end was was crazy. Uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, it's like I wasn't sure until like today because I was just the end kind of didn't say well with me because it was like, it just beat the guy, you know, putting him through a flaming table. And it was just like, how come he gets up and it's like the end of the show with Kane's music playing? He lost the freaking match. But, you know, now I know because they're, they're going to do a rematch at the next one or whatever. But uh, the, the match I really, you know, the, 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 uh, the Shield Evolution match was just off the charts amazing. That was just like, you know, you know just doing... Uh, the brawl with the four of them in the uh, in the crowd, and then you know, like Seth Rollins diving up, uh, onto onto the other guys, and was just like, "Wow, holy shit!" Like this is this is getting extreme, you know. I was just, yeah. Like, it, was, you know, it, was it was cool
3: because you know when we were there, like I had to come home and I, I watched that spot because where we were sitting, I, I saw Rollins come off the the uh, the the stairs, the the stands, or and then he disappeared. We we're, were really close to him. Uh, But we couldn't see exactly where he landed. So I had to come back and, like, watch. Because I I, I didn't watch the screen during that moment. I was watching Rollins uh, come off the the top of that thing. So uh, it was definitely a really cool spot. And uh, like you said, I mean, as much as, you know, Anthony kind of hit on it that we won't get to ECW level, um, there were moments last night where in this PG era with a a pay-per-view named Extreme Rules, uh, you, you had some extreme ro- moments, which was pretty cool.
1: You did, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's called extreme rules, so yeah. I mean, this, this is, I guess, like the, the I guess this is the pay per view where they go all out and do that stuff, and then turn the turn the title and all. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, overall, I I really enjoyed the show. I like the the opener too, the uh, Cesaro Van Dam and Swagger. I thought that, I thought they had a great match. I know um, the only thing that happened, I noticed, I, I I don't know if you went back and saw it, but after after Van Dam pinned Swagger, the mm-hmm. announcers. Forgot that it was an elimination match because the, <laughs> you know, the referee counted three and, they were, and then they were like, "What happened Did the take out to two and seven eighths?" They forgot it was an elimination match.
3: Well, yeah, I, I haven't watched that match back yet. I just I watched most of uh, Evolution and Shield, and that's it. That's all I've gotten a chance to watch. Dave, did you catch that with the commentating?
4: Um, I noticed that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't catch that they forgot it was an elimination match. I just think that they 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 weren't sure if Swagger had kicked out or, or not. Um, it's, that's that's how, that's how I could
1: see it. But I mean, yeah, maybe I'll have to go back and watch it again. Actually, you know, Michael Cole actually said first ten submission wins after they had already said it was elimination. So yeah, I, I think they did, I think they did mess it up. But um, that said it was good. It was it was still a very entertaining match. It was a good match, you know. And I like the. Uh, you know, like we have uh, you know the, the Biggie and uh, bad news Barrett was uh, was good stuff too. I mean, the fans are really the fr- you know really getting behind uh, Barrett there. You know, it's you know it's like that's another gimmick. It's like you know it's like I didn't think it would be uh, you know it's like oh my god, what are they doing to this guy? And it's like now it's you know it's like you know he comes to the ring, and takes the mic, and he you know just says, oh I've got some bad news for whoever it is he's whoever it is he's chasing. You know, it, it's actually better that way than having him you know like. Stand at the podium and just say, "Oh, I've got some bad news for you, fans. You're all whatever, you know." So, I, I think I think I'm actually thinking, uh it's it's actually better for them, you know, better. I don't know. As far as the uh, the, the cage match goes, I think I think you know it's like the story, the, the 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 angle of this has been you know like the whole oh man, it's been great, you know, the the angle like the 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 rivalry has been, has been has been unbelievable, but, you know, it's like a, it's like, I don't know, it just seems like every time like, it happened at WrestleMania it happened last night, it just seemed like Cena and Bray, they got in, the, they have the one-on-one matches, and it just, I don't know, it just seemed kind of weak to me, I don't know, it was just like even, you know, it was like, even kind of the way Bray won, you know, it was like, or the, yeah, the way Bray won you know, it was just like, you know, I mean him fighting, you know, him fighting off the other two guys <laughs> and whatever but, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I just, I just thought the match was kind of eh. You know, it was, you know, like I said, you know, it, it wasn't like, uh, you know, which is which is kind of, you know, because like I said, the this, this storyline storyline been really well done. I'm, you know, like, you know, you know Bray getting the kids to, to follow him and all that stuff. I mean, oh. that, that that stuff was awesome. That stuff was I kind awesome. of
3: agree with you. I mean, I thought the match was okay. I didn't think it was great. And one of the things, and, and who knows, maybe they're leading towards uh a hell in a cell match or something like that. I mean, the one, the one thing that, that you know, the interference of of the the Wyatt clan got to be a bit much for me. And then, you know, leading into the match, it was, you know, I finally get you in a cage, and and that's where you know, keep you in and keep the the family out, and and you know, it, it was just constant uh, interference. And I get it, and that's that's where the characters are. um but yeah, I thought the match was mediocre. I thought the ending was interesting and it's one of those weird things that it was almost like you know, sometimes the you have Raw's you know, or the TV product that, that leads you up to the pay-per-view and then the pay-per-view blows you out of the water. Uh, as much as I thought the match was mediocre, it got me excited for Raw because I'm really curious to see the next step uh, in, in this storyline. But Right, we talked, discussed a little before that the, the match was, was kind of mediocre. We'll see where this, this storyline goes, but it's definitely been uh, – it's made for entertaining television, to say the least. Tony, thanks a lot for the call, and uh, I we'll talk to you next week. Let's see what they give us tonight on Raw. All right. Take it easy. It's interesting. Like Tony brings up. you know, you guys are really – I'm enjoying the calls tonight, bringing some, some really great points. You know, and, and we're kind of all over the place, but who cares? Just You bring up the points, we'll discuss them. What he said about Bad News Barrett, and we're both big uh, Wade Barrett fans. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of this Bad News gimmick. However, you know, Tony's point, it does work a lot better now that we got wrestler Wade Barrett and we don't have standing on a ridiculously tall podium. Wade Barrett that guy I mean being in the arena holy cow did that place pop when he won he's over like a million bucks right now for me the guy is talented as all hell probably should have had a run with with the big strap at at some point already um injuries and stuff has sidetracked this guy's career but hopefully he's back on his way up the ladder uh, interesting to see how this character has, has unfolded with Wade Barrett.
4: Well, I've been a, I've been a Barrett fan since he debuted. I like his work. I mean, for a guy that you know was relatively young on WWE TV, his first year on TV, he was involved in a main storyline with John Cena for the better part of seven or eight months. So uh, I, I thought I thought he had done really well for himself and showed to me that he's got a bright future kind of similar to how we were talking about Bray Wyatt earlier. He had a, you know, at that time, that's how I felt. Um, when they repackaged him with the cord and didn't really care for it, but it was kind of a nexus takeoff. Then when they flew him out there on his own and they kind of did that underground bare-knuckle fight club kind of feel where they did the vignettes and he grew in his beard, I thought that really could have worked. And they didn't really go as far with it as I thought they were going to, um, which kind of disappointed me. And he just kind of floundered. The bad news, Barrett thing. I would be honest with you. I was not a fan of it when I first started. I thought it was so annoying. I did not like it at all. But uh, it, it started to grow on me when he came out um, at the Hall of Fame and interrupted Jerry Lawler and he started talking to the, to the, the people in the audience, especially the, the current superstars. And I, I thought it was. I thought it was, his portion of that speech was well done, and it's just grown on me since. It really has. I mean. Um, and, you know, here's a fun fact for you, Ken, it shows how much of a life I have. And I mentioned this to my girlfriend last night as we were watching this. The last time Wade Barrett won the Intercontinental Championship before last evening was in that same, that very same building the night after WrestleMania 29, defeating your favorite wrestler of all time, The Miz. So it kind of seems like everything has come full circle for Wade Barrett. And uh, hopefully, as time goes on, he'll get more and more, uh, you know, recognition, Uh, His status will continue to grow in WWE, and I'm not hopeful for a rebuilding of the Intercontinental Championship, but I think the Intercontinental Championship will help him move up the ladder, and they seem to have found something that, you know, creative likes, that he likes, and that the audience likes that is getting him over. Um, And from what I understand, this character originated on the JBL and Cole show on the YouTube channel that WWE has, so it seems to have a little bit of a following, and uh It's showing on TV, but it's grown on me. I like it. And his in-ring work is good. So he's got a a fun gimmick that he can back up with his in-ring work. I like it.
3: Agreed. And I'm curious to see, I mean, I'm hoping right now, and especially seeing the pop he got last night, that maybe, you know, both can feed off each other. And, and, you know, again, preface this by saying, I don't think we'll ever see the IC title uh, raised to a level that it once was. But you know, hopefully Barrett being over like he is can do something for the belt, and, and hopefully having the belt can do something for for Barrett. You know, hopefully it's it's a you know it's a good package altogether. You know, him having this strap. Uh, but it was, you know, it was it was wild last night because and and I'm I'm with you, Dave. You know, the core was terrible. The core was awful. But other than that, you know, been a big fan of of Wade Barrett since he came in, and I've been waiting for this guy to blow up and. Uh, you know, last night that the pop he got after he won the belt—it just—it it was really encouraging to see someone holding up the IC title and the crowd going as nuts as they were going. So we'll see what happens with Wade Barrett. Uh, you know, hopefully that they they move in a good direction with his character. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. What do you want to talk about? Extreme Rules. What what are we going to see tonight on Monday Night Raw? Going out to the phones, we got Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? Uh, Dank? Is he sleeping? You fall asleep while he's on hold? I'll put you back on hold there, Dank, if you wake up soon. <laughs>
0: Uh,
4: that, 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 that's got to be a first. Oh, my God. he He's
3: always to he
4: He'll call, he'll, he'll call like, in the car with the car running and, like, you know, the, the exhaust. Like, he, he's, like, he's like, <laughs> Uncle Buck's car. You hear all the boys in the background. Like, the exhaust is going to explode. But he'll still make the call. Like I, mean, I think I remember the first time he ever called. Like, you made sure he had his seatbelt on because he was driving while he was calling us. Like, He's got to
3: get the weirdest call. Hopefully, he wakes (laughs) up. Well, let's hope. I have it at home, so we'll we'll go back to Dank in a couple minutes. We also got Mike on
0: the line. Mike, are you there? Wake him up. Wake him up. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Come on, Mike. Give it to him a wake-up call. What was it? Maybe he fell asleep because you guys were talking about bad news, Barrett. (laughs) (laughs) That's entirely possible.
3: Uh, uh, Mike, I want you to bring it tonight. Give us a a good old-fashioned Mike our rant. Hopefully, that gets Dank woken up.
0: I hope so. I I don't know. What do you call? Well, you know what? You you forgot about one thing. Paul Heyman tonight tonight is is going to announce that his client Brian Lesnar is going to go after the the forty six and zero streak, beating streak of Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather.
3: That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, it would be yeah, awesome. It, it would be awesome. It would also be typical day. of Paul Heyman. But anyway, how about let's talk about that ingrate from last week on Monday Night Raw, that turncoat, that Rick Flair. Rick Flair, after all Evolution did for you, buddy, after what Triple H did for you, I guess he forgot the sledgehammer to the head. I think, I think maybe Triple H needs to remind him. First of all, Ric Flair came out. He sounded he, he and looked like he had too many cocktails. Maybe he, was, maybe he was taking something to help him go to sleep or something. I don't know what was going on with Flair. But you know what? It annoyed me very much last week watching it with my, my nephew. And my nephew says to me, what do you think about Flair now? And I told him, what do I think about Flair? I had to show him the video of when Triple H took out the horse. But you know what, though? Triple, you know what? Flair will probably get a pass because after, you know, it, he, he's in the family anyway, so maybe he'll get a family discount. You never know with Flair. Um, you know, but, that's, but that that, just kicked me off. You know, but that's that's another that's another subject for another day. But, you know, tonight you're talking about going forward. Evolution has to regroup. You know, we know this is short term. We know with Batista, whatever. You know, Batista took the pin, but something's got to give. You know what? The Shield—they're—I gotta t- say it—they're a great unit. I gotta say it. I gotta take my hat—not wearing a hat—but I gotta take my proverbial hat off. You know. They're a great unit. But, I, but I, I don't know, you know. Was I expecting them to lose? Was I expecting the Evolution to lose last night? Yeah, I was. But am I expecting something big tonight? Yeah, I am. You never know with Triple H. He, after all, he is the cerebral assassin for a reason. I wouldn't underestimate Triple H. I, agree. I, like, I think we're going to see God.
3: something big tonight out, out of Evolution. I think tonight... I mean, for me, if I'm if I'm gonna predict what I think's going to happen tonight, I think I think Batista's gonna get a beatdown. I think Batista's gonna get a beatdown from Evolution because he took the pin, and uh, you had Randy landed the RKO. There was a pedigree uh, to try and help Batista along to to get the pin, and he was unable to get the job done. So I'm I'm looking for some dissension in the ranks, and you know, Dave kind of touched on it last week about you know Evolution was about bringing some new guys along uh, to make some new talent. You know, maybe they give uh, Batista a beatdown and they uh, have a new guy or guys join up with Evolution to, to help give them the rub. But that's, I agree with you. I think we're going to see something big. I think we're going to see something. Maybe we'll see a U.S. title change uh, tonight. Uh, the Shield uh, in this 20-man battle royal, uh, Ambrose putting his US title on the line. So, I agree with you. I think we're going to see some big things uh tonight and I think it's going to be uh, a a pretty exciting raw. It's interesting bringing up that segment last week and I'm curious what you thought, Dave. I, you know, I thought it was an honor kind of that Flair gave the rub to the shield and it was kind of a you know, this is the future of the business kind of moment, but I felt I thought the segment came off as a little disjointed, a little odd. It, it just didn't flow right for me. And I don't want to speculate whether Flair, I mean, I don't, I don't think Flair was drinking uh, per se. Uh, you know, oh, the he guys,
0: was, he was. The guys <laughs> know
3: it. Though. So the fact that, like, he might not have been Ric Flair of 30 years ago, you know, he, he's an older <laughs> gentleman now. But I just, I thought the segment came off as kind mm-hmm. of disjointed. Dave, what did you think of the segment last week? I mean, I
4: thought I mean, it was a little flat. Um, he kind of built up this big speech to only turn around and say that, you know, he was endorsing the shield. I mean, he didn't, you know, turn on evolution per se, but it was like he was reunited with them again. Like it wasn't like he was part of the group um, and, and going to have a full-time run with them. And I mean, I don't know, maybe that's going to change tonight, but it felt just kind of flat. There wasn't really any kind of reaction to it. Um, Maybe if there was, maybe if Flair got like physically involved and like, Physically turned on one of you know the members of Evolution and endorsed the Shield. Maybe it would have had more of an impact, but it just didn't. I don't think with the live crowd and the way it came across TV that it really uh, that, that they really came off good. At least in my opinion. But I understand where they were trying to go with it. They were trying to build up the Shield to have them as equal to Evolution by having a former member of Evolution and Rick you know Rick Flair you know, a big name as it is, endorsing them. I mean, I could understand why they wanted to do that, but I just, it just didn't come off well, that's all.
0: No, and, and you know what? Speaking about Ric Flair, I, I read a rumor. I don't know, Dave, if, or Ken, if you read this, but it seems that Ric Flair, I'm hearing, might want to come back on the road until, until, as he puts it, he gets his house in order. So supposedly Flair wants to go back out there, and uh, but he just has to get his house in order. I don't know how true that is. You know, the house of the house of Flair. You never know with with, with uh, you know with, what Rick Flair um has you know is gonna is gonna do. But yeah, I,
4: Mike, I, I, Mike, I I did read that. I, I, what I do you think about it? I did. I mean, they want they wanted him to be involved again. I mean, there were rumors of him last year, the year prior, managing Dolph Ziggler and endorsing Ziggler. So they 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 put him on TV a few times since the uh, the SummerSlam incident with the, with uh, you know him uh, drinking too much and and they they put him on the pre-show and post-show panels on pay-per-views and he was on TV just past week and he was on the the, the old-school Raw so. It seems like they have some confidence in him to put him back on TV without without him, you know, acting out of turn, so to speak. But uh, I mean, if he wants back in and they want him back on the road, they, I'm sure they could find a role for him on television uh, to, to to do something meaningful. And uh, maybe I, I think it would more or less be for um, to attract older wrestling fans to, to tune into the network because floyd has got that name recognition from years past. With old NWA and WCW footage that they're showing on the network, so yeah, uh, I don't see, I don't see him going back to Evolution and being a part of that again because I can't see Triple H wrestling full time again and Flair being the mouthpiece for Evolution and it's just Flair, Orton and Triple H. Now that we know that Batista is going to be taking a sabbatical shortly, so I think we'll see a different role for him if he were to come back.
0: No, it, it is so funny that you guys brought up you, you guys, well you know Dave again you brought up that Michael Cole show, um, the J B Allen Cole show because yesterday my niece and, and 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 my godson well my my both my I should say both my godchildren they're infatuated with the Halloween special, and and they were showing my mom and we were lost. I was I was doing something and, and I heard. Something I heard Hornswoggle because there was a bit in there where Hornswoggle gets scared, and my nephew said Uncle Michael will like this, and I went over to it, and it was King Kong Bundy slamming Little Beaver. So <laughs> I said, you know what? So I saw. You know I said, you know what? I said, you know what? I have it on my my, my phone. Um, the you know WrestleMania three. I said, let's watch this match together, and it, and it, and it, of course it brought back memory to me because that was the most heinous thing that King Kong Bundy, you know, could ever do. I mean, it was, like, it was funny because he's like, you know, the way the commentary was, oh, my God. And it was like, oh, no, the slamming of Little Beaver. And it was like, and then he dropped an elbow on Little Beaver. And it was like, oh, my, you know, oh, my God. And I was telling my nephew when I met King Kong Bundy in 2009, I, I said to him, what was your your biggest you know what was your highlight your biggest th- highlight and your your biggest low light? And I said was slamming Be- little Beaver one of your little biggest low lights. And he said and he said Mike, what do you think? He goes he goes I could of want a slamming for that I could of want a slamming award for that. So of course that was one of my 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 low lights. He goes that was my biggest low light. He goes you know how many people wanted to kill me and after I left there? He goes yelling screaming at me. What you did to the Little Beaver But yeah so my nephew when I, My nephew got a kick out of it and he goes Uncle Michael Lou there are always Little midgets in wrestling I said of course Because you know we go back to the Doink and the Dinks I mean the Dinks and the and the whatever the, the Gary Lola's kids or whatever You know but I, I always It was infatuated with that But that JBL and Cole show The kids love it um, You know I, I It was just I had to bring up that that story, I thought it was kind of funny.
3: Awesome, Mike! Thanks a lot for the phone call and where well, I, I. I
0: hope you guys can wake up, Dank, so gonna, we can we're figure out. We're gonna make a. Well, go, go ahead, guys. Wake up, Dank. It was entertaining. I'm I'm glad we got to speak tonight. It was fun for me, you know, and uh, I just love it. Hey, I loved the pic of Michelle's Digi's green fright. Those those lime green chucks. Very, very cool. I got to say, awesome. I, I, I love the picture of the chunks. But um, I will speak to you guys next week. We're going to watch Monday Night Raw at 8 o'clock. I'm ready to go for it. I can't wait. Sounds good. Thanks a thank lot for will oh, Thank you for my time, and I'll speak to you guys next week. And and enjoy this week, guys.
3: Talk to you soon. Take it easy, Mike. Wow, it's nothing like talking uh, a little beaver with, with Mike <laughs> Holy cow, I'm, I'm out of breath for him it. <laughs> well, That's what I love I about. Mean, we gotta get like some, some sort of like a, a, a sound effect or something I mean, it, it's amazing Like Again, one of those phone calls that we We, we hit a little bit of the network uh, A little pay-per-view And then somehow we, we Made our way to King Kong Bundy and uh, Little Beaver
4: Go figure, you never know what you're gonna get On this week on the show, He's got a
3: little beaver What'd you say? We
4: should have him recap our entire show. He could do it in about five minutes. <laughs> Everything that we talked about word for word, he could probably talk about in five minutes.
3: Uh, that's good stuff. Thanks a lot for the call, Mike. We're gonna go back well, I'm hoping Dank is awake now. We're gonna go back out to his to Dank. Dank, are you there?
2: I am here. Are um, you awake? I am awake. At least I think I am. <laughs> and <laughs> Right as I was calling, too, was like, I was telling myself, just make sure you stay awake. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm listening to a conversation. What could go wrong? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. How you down the door?
4: Well, what do you got for us? You know that that's all recorded, right? You know that, like, this whole show is recorded. So, like, I can go back and listen to you snore, at, like, 20 minutes ago.
2: Oh, I'm I'm actually going to once you guys post it. I'm actually
4: because I I gotta hear this.
2: I I gotta hear what you guys have to say about this. Um, I'm sure that just like Undertaker disappearing, it's gonna be one of those that you know some people <coughs> Michelle, are going to you know, remind me on a very very um daily basis. But anyway, um, I didn't get a chance to watch the pay per view because I was working last night. But I see I that so you know. Sweet. Huh? I and here we go Yeah. Pitchy, like you just did this phone call <laughs> um the brain Wyatt I'm really hoping like um, what's his name? um uh the ball guy, oh my God, I can't think of his name. uh no, feet no, no more yeah. Go, go right sleep, maybe you'll remember right back. <laughs> I'm really hoping he doesn't end up like because Ryback, Ryback seems like they made like they pushed him too quickly, too fast and he popped and then he's kinda like fell oh, by the wayside. So I think that they could do so much, whether he so the entire family goes. On. But I think they can do so much with the fire family, especially the leader. So I'm hoping that they do a better job than they did with Ryback and not <laughs> that's
3: just my thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Dank. I mean, you know, the, you always run that risk of bringing someone along too fast. And I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good sign that Bray Wyatt right now is not in the title picture. Because the biggest, you know, if you don't have, especially when someone's younger, if you don't have the intentions of putting the strap on them, once you bring them quickly into that title picture and they fail, and essentially, that's what happened. Like Ryback was, Ryback was more popular than just about anybody you know on the WWE roster at the time. And rather than giving him a good, solid, quote-unquote mid-card type storyline, they decided to elevate him to main event status quickly. And and again, like once you fail at that, it's it's tough to make them believable. Again, that he could be of that stature, and you know, you you wonder where Ryback is going to to go as as the years go on. I think it's good for a good sign for Wyatt that this storyline with Cena, as much as Cena's a main event player, the title is not involved, so we got time uh, to put him into that title picture if that's the direction they want to go in. But uh, I think you're looking at someone who. Uh, is more talented than, than a Ryback, and uh, fingers crossed. But I think they're going in a good direction with Bray Wyatt.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, food for thought. Are you thinking about it? Who's gonna win the championship first, Wyatt or Roman Reigns? There's something you can think about.
3: Always a thought-provoking. But, okay, we're, we're gonna discuss it. Thanks for the call. We're Gonna let you go, Dank. Get some. All rest- right. Have a good one, guys. Take it easy, and Dank always with a thought-provoking uh, question. Um, good question. You know, I, I do see Bray Wyatt evolving into a guy. You know, there's certain guys that the, their character. You know, John Cena is a champ. I mean, this whole thing, the champ is here. Uh, not that his character necessarily needed the belt, but it was definitely a a major part of that character. And then you had guys like the Undertaker who. Won the title, but developed such a great character that really didn't need uh, the belt, per se. You know, I don't, I'm not saying that Wyatt will never win the WWE World Championship, um, but I, I think Roman Reigns is that guy that they're moving along as a quote-unquote champion type, whereas Bray Wyatt is just a very entertaining character. So if I had to put my money on who's going to win it first... I would go with Roman Reigns. Your thoughts, Dave?
4: I would have to agree. I think Roman Reigns would be the uh, the first choice, in my opinion. I'll never forget uh, Jake the Snake Roberts said it once on, in fact, said on his DVD. He goes, "If you're over, you don't need the belt. The belt is to help put guys over." And not saying that Roman Reigns isn't over because I think he is, but I think he'd be he'd benefit more having the title than Bray Wyatt would. And if you notice, you know, you mentioned Undertaker. Undertaker had the belt for a few times, but they were short runs. They weren't like the longest run he had with the title. I think was like four months at the most. And his character was what got him over. The, the title was just added on, and I think that's what it would be if Bray Wyatt eventually does win that championship. Is that it's just it's just added on? But I just can't see him being, you know, champion for a very long period of time. At least in my opinion.
3: Yeah, so we're in agreement there. We're both saying, uh, you know, we'd look to Roman Reigns to win the championship first, but that for both of them, I think we're talking a little bit down the road a piece. With less than five minutes left, you guys, thanks for the support. Thanks for calling in tonight. Really great with the calls. Uh, we head into Monday Night Raw. So many intriguing storylines to see how they we we go further with Evolution and Shield, Daniel Bryan, Kane, Wyatt, and and Cena and it was announced that so we will get an Intercontinental Championship rematch tonight with Big E and Wade Barrett, and the debut of Adam Rose. And I'm curious your thoughts, Dave, because I don't, I can't say that I know why, but all these vignettes with Adam Rose on on the the Exotic Express, I just find incredibly entertaining, and I'm really looking forward to his debut on Monday Night Raw and what this uh, another young talent is going to bring to the table. I'm really looking forward to his debut tonight.
4: I, I am too. I, you know, when I first got the network and I started watching uh, NXT, uh, he was on one of the shows, and, and, I, and I forgot, but apparently he played the character Leo Kruger on NXT, and they were going to call him up to the main roster a few years ago, but they, they, they pulled the plug on that, changed his character around. Kruger was more of like a brooding big man, kind of, you know, just a, a, a heel character. He's got this fun, baby face, you know, party kind of character that he's got going on here with the Adam Rose experience. And his entrance, at least in NXT, like, was it was just as happening and just as entertaining as these vignettes. I mean, he would come out and, like, they'd have all these people dressed up in these funky costumes like a bunny or, you know, whatever, and they would be, like, carrying them out to the ring, but, like, dancing to the music and partying, and then they would get, like, they would they would crowd surf him to the ring and then they would like put him in the ring itself. So I wonder if they're going to do that, um, on, uh, on Monday night, raw tonight, when he makes his debut. But, um, yeah, I do find him highly entertaining. I, I, I watched him at access. He wrestled, uh, once at access, uh, in new Orleans a couple of weeks here, about a month ago. I forget who he wrestled from NXT, but they had a lot of the NXT matches and he was, he, he's damn good in the ring. So, um, This is just that, like I said, that changing of the guard, you know. These NXT guys are coming up, and um, with the network being so, you know, popular and the NXT show being one of the most popular shows on the network right now, he's already a step ahead of the game if you think about it. Because a lot of these guys that didn't appear, you know, when the network happened, they debuted, and a lot of people didn't know who they were. But now you've got this advent of watching NXT and these guys are already building a following before they get to, to, to the main television show. So I think it's pretty good.
3: Yeah. It's, it's like being able to, you know, having your, your triple a team being, uh, very accessible. So it's like, you, you know, these guys before they're coming up to the main roster. I, I think we're looking at something tonight that could be a very entertaining Raw, a lot of storylines to be facilitated. Uh, do we see a new U S champion? Um, Thoughts, we we got about a minute left, Dave. Um, any any predictions tonight? What are you looking forward to most of tonight's Raw? I mean, you know, the landscape of WWE is definitely uh, growing. Uh, you know, the future looks bright, and I'm looking forward to a very entertaining Monday Night Raw. Uh, overall, anything you'd like to, to predict or you're looking forward to more than anything? Well, I'm looking forward to most
4: of the fall from Cena Wyatt and how that, you know, goes forward, like we talked about. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, if Batista's really gone, how are they going to handle Evolution? Are we going to have new members, possibly? Um, Are they going to factor into this United States Championship 20-man battle Royal Uh, and where the rest of the Shield goes and how they go further with with, with that storyline? For the most part, the the Battle Royal and the Wyatt Cena thing and how they handle Evolution is what I'm looking forward to most about tonight's Monday Night Raw.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, definitely Wyatt and Cena, and you know the big thing with with the Shield and Evolution. You know, if this is short term, where do they go with Evolution and Batista, and where does the Shield go next? I mean, after this battle with Evolution and the Authority, uh, do they get back to starting to see the the chinks in the armor, and do we start to see uh, as you know SummerSlam a, a breakup of the Shield? Uh, it should be interesting to see where it goes, but I think we're heading towards a very, very entertaining Monday Night Raw. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Tremendous show you guys brought it. We'll be back next week, 6.30, to get you ready for Monday Night Raw. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Enjoy Raw. Thank you all. Good night.